Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. There is new CNN reporting this morning on President Biden's immigration plans being derailed by conflicting messages and the reality on the ground at the southern border. They want to have a compassionate, fair and humane immigration system. We thought we were done with that feeling in our fight against COVID-19 that one step forward could be followed by two steps back. But we're not done. Delta is burning through the country right now, creating a growing but sadly preventable fourth wave of COVID infections. Mark McCloskey is an absolute liar. He has spat on my name. And, and because of that, his day, his day will come. Chris Cuomo has a lot to say, but right now he cannot say it. CNN management has made two things clear to him. One, that he can't talk about his brother, Andrew Cuomo, on TV. And two, that he cannot participate in any more strategy sessions with the governor's aides. Wow, he threw the book at him. Imagine that, telling a on-staff journalist that he's not allowed to moonlight as a media consultant, damage control consultant for his brother, the politician that the network is covering. Politician slash sexual predator. Uh, Alice, he was just simply uh, trying to hold the young lady's hand through her trying times, and that's why he needed to know the details about her sexual assault. He cared too much, Alice. If he's guilty for that, well, you know, let us all be so guilty. <laughs> that isn't even where I'm going to start, though. I mean, it's a... Uh... All right, so right now it's Sunday, and today the uh, weekend talk shows, which is really all you've got for... Usually they'll, they'll pick up little scraps of what the New York Times is talking about, and then go through the... the Big, this big stuff of the week. A lot of it's infrastructure spending, which I don't want to get into right now. It's just another hor- horrific, um, horrific violation of the, the taxpayers. But fine. But what they were doing this week um, was complete apocalyptic messaging on behalf of the Delta variant, telling us, trying to let us know that we are exactly. 
where we are, were six months ago, and that all you have to do is look at these foolish, foolish Trump voters of people in Sturgis, which is apparently the epicenter for all coronaviruses. <laughs> Sturgis. Shouldn't most of the people have been at last year's Sturgis rally, too? So shouldn't <clears throat> most of them be immune by this point now? Or dead. I think most of them are dead. <laughs> oh, and then, and then uh, of course, trying to, they're using the networks because these networks, Chuck Todd is afraid of dying and af- are scared of this. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to use this time, along with people like Fauci, to manipulate more people into behaving the way they want them to, masking and vaccinations. Now, I understand that Fauci and his whole grift and their whole grift of Walensky and the, those people in public health, I get it. That's their game is to lie, uh, the noble lie, and be, and be spectacular in their platitudes that they throw out there so that we'll get us scared enough to move. Fine, that's the name of the game when you're doing that. Between that and the media, where you've got a guy like Chuck, Chuck Todd, and the same thing goes with the Oval Office, like Joe Biden, not cross-examining these people or tempering these people and saying, okay, Chuck Todd, everything Fauci says, you can hear Chuck Todd's, oh, yeah, oh, oh yeah. Nothing is going through any kind of uh, journalistic filter. And because in Fauci can sense it. He knows Chuck Todd wants him to be over the top. Mm-hmm. So what's happening here is this. These shows, because you know what, they're, they're, they're activist shows now, public health leaders, along with uh, journalists, media people, working together to try to manipulate people. In particular right now, they're trying to manipulate the, more people to get vaccinated. They're trying to ding uh, DeSantis for being uh, irresponsible, mm-hmm. and they're trying to... That's why they're rooting for people in Florida to die because they're hoping they can use that to knock DeSantis. Well, and they're insinuating to us with their lies of omission that people are dying in the same way they were dying at the peak of this thing. Mm -hmm. And that we're in an exact replica with the same potential outcome. So, So what they're doing in order to manipulate these people is they're, like I said, these are lies of omission. There's a lot, any good news or positive news, mm-hmm. anything that can make you feel optimistic, they're simply leaving out. They leave it out. The fact that there's, we're still, there is no, the deaths are not, not corresponding with cases. Yes, deaths are up, and yes, cases are up, but deaths and cases aren't up together like they were when this thing was really right. killing the hell out of people. <clears throat> they're also being vague. When they tell you, they'll tell you that cases in some places have doubled. Well, what number? Doubled from three right. to six. Right. Or deaths have doubled. Or they're, they're being vague. So they're hiding the ball mm-hmm. again and again. And the problem is, is that the people who are vaccine hesitant, many of them, and the people who don't want the masks, many of them are, like, for you, you Alice, would mm-hmm. be a good example, although we've had the vaccine, but we're not for the masks. But you and I, you much more than I, is that people, we, Americans, can see that they should be, should be giving us not just the five pieces of information that are apocalyptically bad, etc., but we see that they're leaving out the other five that we know about that they don't think we know about. Mm-hmm. So they're doing this, and it completely tells you that it, you feel like you're dealing with a con artist. Absolute, playing this weird shell game, but we know that the little nuts under that one, you know, 
And right. it's, it's like, it's like it, it, I, I would also to throw another metaphor into, you know, it's like the hidden ball trick again. You know, you're the runner on first base. Mm-hmm. The first baseman goes up to the mound to talk to the pitcher. The pitcher sli- slips the first baseman the ball. First baseman pretends he doesn't have it as he walks back to first base. But we saw him slip the ball. So it's, the hidden ball trick is not going to work. Right. We all know the ball's there. You've got the ball. I see. You can just throw it back to the pitcher. We can get going here. So that's what happens here. And and, and it's and this is why they're so freaking arrogant. And they're wondering why still nobody's listening to us. Lie, try a different lie. Okay, we'll try a different lie. All right, idiots. Now it's doubled in this county. Aha. Without having any clue that the idiots can see, can go get the information. Yeah. So it's the... Children are making up a far greater percentage of Delta COVID hospitalizations than in the past. Well, yeah, because all the vulnerable people were vaccinated. Yes, of course. But they're getting... Their results will be continue to be profoundly diminished as we go on. Because they not only have have they no credibility now, they're in the negatives as far as credibility. I mean, don't they understand that if they just shut up, a lot more people would probably get vaccinated? But their like weird, desperate cries for attention and help are making people more yes. hesitant. No, it reminds me of one of the early uh, coronavirus videos of the one of the guys on the beach where you see these you see this. Uh, are an an arm oh not an arm an officer of the law like walking in the beach towards the guy and the guy and the guy knows he's being followed by the cop and then the cop starts walking quicker and then the guy <laughs> like starts to walk quicker and then the guy eventually starts as the cop is behind him closing in on him walking the guy eventually starts trotting and then sprinting and then the cop goes all out and he's running after him more it's like you're chasing them away right. with this uh, you know, they're this is what's happening it's used precisely. Who continue to we can we go chase them away? So just listen to how how all this all this the end of the world situation is portrayed, and they think because they wear nice suits and lighted studios that the American people are buying this crap. We thought we were done with that feeling in our fight against COVID nineteen that one step forward could be followed by two steps back, but we're not done. The U.S. is now reporting an average of one hundred thousand new cases a day up from 15,000 a day just a month ago. Two states, Texas and Florida, make up nearly one-third of America's new COVID cases. Both governors oppose universal masking as schools open. We can either have a free society or we can have a biomedical security state. And I can tell you, Florida, we're a free state. Free state, costly approach. So we have basically patients everywhere in both sides of the, the unit. On Friday, the state set a daily record, nearly 24,000 new cases. Hospitalizations have quadrupled in a month. Deaths have doubled. Okay, wow, sounds bad. Deaths oh, have doubled, yeah. hospitalizations contribute. We thought we were out of this, but we're not out of this, we're, we're told. We thought we were out of this, but we're not out of this. As of, as of yesterday, mm-hmm. the little thing that they're leaving out of this right now and let me just play one more thing before I go to it. We'll start with this is Chuck Todd's open. We return with the country, though, facing two compounding challenges, the Delta variant and polarization. Delta is burning through the country right now, creating a growing, but sadly like preventable burning fourth through wave the country of COVID right infections. In fact, right now, the seven-day average number of new confirmed cases has soared to nearly 118,000. This is the highest we've had it since February. It's burning through, and the cases have soared. Sword. Meanwhile, leaving out 
all context. Right. All the information that you would use right now to get the person to not jump off the bridge, they're omitting. They're not, no, they're just holding that, keeping that uh, uh, holstered. And while vaccination rates are rising again, and 50% of the country has now been fully vaccinated, this is now largely a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And that's a direct result of the political polarization I was referring to. Vaccination hesitancy or just plain opposition is infected by politics. Check this out. NBC News has found that the 20 states with the highest rates of vaccinations, they all voted for President Biden. 18 of the 21 states with the lowest rates all voted for President Trump. So, okay. Need they say more, he says then. So, okay. Well, that's interesting. And this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Have you heard that, Alice? I've heard that. For it is. A few it's a times. pandemic of the unvaccinated. Yes. I, I get to I continue to be impressed when I hear people say that. So why don't they go into what that means exactly? That means that as of two days ago, as of yesterday, Alice, mm-hmm. at one hundred ninety-four million three hundred forty-six thousand four hundred eighty-six people had gotten one dose, at least one dose of the vaccination. Okay. Um. It, that's that's fifty nine point two percent of the population. There are fully vaccinated. There are one hundred and sixty six million two hundred thirteen one hundred seventy six Americans fully vaccinated. Okay. What that means is that this pandemic is uh, largely a pandemic of around a hundred million. Uh, it only can will affect a group of one hundred million people, mm-hmm. of whom a small amount are compromised health-wise. Right, because the people who are compromised health-wise or who are elderly or whatever went and got vaccinated. Right, and some of the people who didn't are 18-year-olds. Right, exactly. Exactly, or four-year-olds, exactly. And so when we see things like CNN also telling us that, yes, there are more kids in the hospitals, well, that makes sense because it's more kids who are in and around the area Areas where they're all the vaccinated people are. Right. And they're typically reporting it as a percentage of total hospitalizations. Oh, kids are a much higher percentage of total COVID hospitalizations. Yes. Kids are a higher percentage of the total COVID hospitalizations than they have been. But that's because we vaccinated a lot of the very vulnerable older people. In addition, because we locked up kids for a year, we've also had other infections spiking, like RSV, which is a serious childhood infection for infants, respiratory syncytial virus. And um, that has been spiking because they've been out of contact with the rest of the world for most of a year. And so that's been spreading much more than usual out of its regular season. And some of those kids, when they get to the hospital, also test positive for COVID. Right. And this is all, everything you just said is left out of right. all, all of these shows. There is no evidence whatsoever that Delta variant is any more dangerous for children than any other variant of COVID that we've seen, which is to say not dangerous at all to kids. So the hysteria around kids returning to school, and we saw this same hysteria last year, um, but but the kids all went to school last year, so we know that it's okay. A lot of them had COVID. A lot of them are now immune. A lot of their parents are now vaccinated. We don't have to worry about their elderly relatives at home because they can all be vaccinated. We don't have to worry about the teachers because they can all be vaccinated. And the idea that we're going to continue sending them into this dystopian, weird, masked, distanced, plexiglassed reality 
when the reason for its existence is rapidly draining away to nothing. I mean, this whole thing is ridiculous. The there's been all kinds of variants that we didn't give names to, first right. of all. So there's been variants in the past. We haven't done a ton of testing for variants. They just occasionally... You don't get told when you get tested for COVID what variant you get. They just randomly will like take a sample and do the extra testing to figure out what variants are out there in the world. So, you know, there is a lot of Delta variant out there right now. It is a more transmissible variant than some of the other ones that we've seen. But this disease follows a cyclical pattern. We saw the same southern states go through a cyclical uptick last late spring, midsummer. This thing is going to spike again in the fall up here. And then it's going to spike again in November. But the spikes are going to be progressively smaller. And a lot fewer people are going to die in each one. So right now, Ron DeSantis and Doug Ducey... And um, Greg Abbott are the big bad guys, the villains of the COVID miniseries that we're all forced to watch on the news, you know, this month. But when the cases spike up in the northern states later this fall, do you think that they're going to they're going to blame Charlie Baker and Andrew Cuomo if he's still there and whoever else for you know, for the the rise in their states. Of course they're not, but this thing follows a cyclical pattern and it's what we're going to see. The idea is if you get vaccinated, you're much, much less likely to get it or spread it and you're way less likely to die of it. So, I mean, this is going to continue to cycle. We've seen the cases go up and then back down in Israel, up and then back down in the UK. We're going to see it here. And the hysteria and the freak out over something that we knew was going to happen and the seriousness of which has now been dramatically reduced is so predictable and pathetic that, I mean, it's really starting to rub me the wrong way. And now they're trotting out. And like, we've talked about this before on here, all these doctors mm -hmm. that just somehow like they're they loved getting all this love and attention last year. Yeah. And they're like starved for it now as the pandemic wanes in importance. Their TikTok videos of them dancing like just aren't doing as well anymore. Yeah. I saw another one. I want to read you a bit of one that's uh, from uh, Christina Bergen, MD, who I believe she's in Arizona, I want to say. Um, she says, we have sacrificed so much for you over these past 18 months. <laughs> And it took only three days for you to destroy one of the last things I was hanging on to. The ability to keep my kids safe. A big fear, more than for my own safety, caring for hospitalized COVID patients, was that my kids or my husband would get sick. Like so many other healthcare workers, I have an elaborate decontamination routine that I do faithfully after every single hospital shift to try to decrease the risk of bringing the virus home to my family. I thought about staying in a hotel. I did all the grocery shopping alone since I was already getting exposed at work. We masked meticulously when not at home. Their school had fantastic safety protocols and we took advantage of virtual options during the weeks of highest risk of potential inadvertent transmission after breaks when other families had traveled. We pressed pause on participation in sports during the height of the summer and winter surges we canceled <laughs> she's a psycho we canceled, she's mad at us because she overreacted yeah we canceled birthday parties we did virtual play dates etc oh, etc et why did i do all this because i know how bad this virus is so then she walks us through all the people she's seen gasping for air or whatever because she's very normal and well-adjusted 
And she did her vaccine, and she's mad that they're reopening the schools with fewer restrictions this year. And as a direct result, my kiddo, who I've managed to keep from coming into contact with a known COVID positive person for 18 long months, was exposed within only three days of starting school. Three days. We're still masking. We never stopped. My kids are great about wearing their masks. (laughs) You must be an extremely good parent then, I can obviously tell. I bought the best quality masks I can find. But if others aren't masking also, my not yet old enough to be vaxxed kids can be and will be and already have been exposed. So her, none of her kids has tested positive for COVID yet or had any COVID. But they, they were near somebody who tested positive. So they were informed that they were in contact with somebody. I'm furious. I'm deeply disappointed at how many care so little for others in their community, for their kids, friends, and family members, and teachers, that they care so little for the healthcare workers who've been beaten down over and over again for the past 18 months, but are picking themselves up to meet the monster yet again. Oh my God. Oh my God. We don't want you to call us heroes. No, definitely. I can tell you don't want us to. No, yes. This is not a person who needs validation, obviously. We want you to give a damn about someone other than yourself. We want you to wear a piece of cloth over your nose and mouth for a little while. (laughs) We want you to teach and expect your kids to do it, too, so that we can prevent suffering and death. We have sacrificed so much for you over the past 18 months, and it took only three days for you to destroy one of the last things I was hanging on to, the ability to keep my kids safe. Can I unvax somehow? (laughs) Just to personally stick it to her? That is remarkable, Alice. Have you tweeted that? No. Well, years ago, here's here's another example, Alice. Two days ago. Mm -hmm. I get a push push message from CNN on my phone, which me and I assume millions of other people. Here's a headline, baby girl with COVID-19 airlifted 150 miles because of Houston, Houston hospital bed shortage. Can you imagine that? COVID is so far penetrated all mm-hmm. of Houston that there are no more COVID beds available. So this is shocking to me. And I have to take a look here and it says, 11-month-old girl with COVID-19 had to be airlifted to a hospital 150 miles away. I'm reading it said the child po- tested positive for COVID-19, according to Amanda Calloway, a spokesman for the Harris Health System. Calloway said the girl was having seizures. And I don't know if she's having seizures because she tested positive or she happened to test positive. But either way, it doesn't seem to matter mm-hmm. because she needed to be intubated. But Lyndon B. Johnson in hospital where she was taken does not offer pediatric services. Oh. So she had to go be airlifted because they don't serve little pediatric kids. At that age. Yep. And totally, we're supposed to believe that this is because of the COVID surge and because we were bad and screwed up and because mm-hmm. we don't mask and we got that doctor's kids to test positive. And <laughs> they now, didn't and, test positive yet. No, but they were, we exposed her, Alice. It was the one thing that she that we thought that, that we took from her. She needs actual, like, yep. ha- she really needs to go see somebody. Right. Well, not only that, Alice, but uh, also a few days ago, and I don't know if we talked about it or not, you know, you know Bethany Mandel posted about not wanting to wear masks and mm-hmm. had posted pictures of her kids' masks. And they were all dirty and disgusting. And, yeah. And, and people said, my masks never come home like that. That's wrong. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. And, of course, the world pounced on her and called her a liar and said, that's ridiculous. And you're doing the And they're saying, that doesn't happen. That's The masks are fine. The masks are fine. But wait a second. Aren't all these people believers in the efficacy of the masks? Mm-hmm. 
So they should be telling us that, yes, masks will trap dirt, etc. in them, rather than get it into little Johnny's lungs, and that's good. Yeah, they just suck it back then into their own lungs. Right. <laughs> All their gross kid germs. But sh they should not be trying to discredit her picture. They should say, yes, mm -hmm. see? See all the, the yucky stuff that wasn't allowed to either go out or wasn't allowed to come in? Yeah. But no, they were so obsessed with this crazy need, this crazy need of this crazy tribal endorphin rush that th they've just walked away from mm -hmm. total logic. I also now have seen the New York Times had a piece where they had a COVID expert answer questions about going back to school for the fall. She does say that it's safe for kids to go back to in-person school. So that's good. And then uh, the New York Times asked her, this is a Dr. Marr that they talked to, uh, should children wear masks in the classroom? And she said, yes, a few months ago I was on the fence, but now with Delta, I'm firmly on the side of masking. Get your child a high-performance mask, like an N95, KN95, or KF94 made for kids, or one with a high-filtration efficiency. My kids wear tight-fitting cloth masks with a filter layer of surgical mask material or HEPA sandwiched in the middle. Make sure it fits well with no gaps around the nose, cheeks, or chin, and it should have metal around the nose bridge to shape it to your child's face. So she wants kids in school wearing N95 mm -hmm. masks. That I mean, the doctors are always quick to send us their heroic pictures of their face with the marks in it from their well-fitted N95 mask cutting into their face after a shift. Uh, so that's what your kid should look like coming home from school now, according to them, the cloth mask. I mean, we know this. And she says in this article, too, in this Q&A that, that the cloth masks that are gapped and that are falling down off them and that they're chewing on just don't do that much, which we, we have known. But the, um, the idea that little kids are going to wear N95s to school is so patently insane to me that I can't, like, okay, so we agree that the cloth masks don't do much. And then we're like, yes, so true. We both agree. Okay, great. Now, and then you and I go, great, so let's get the kids out of the mess and let them just have normal school. But this psycho is like, so we need to get them all uh, HEPA filters on their face and make sure that they absolutely can't breathe during the entire day that they're at school, eight hours a day, five days a week. <sighs> so let me read you this. So in the United Kingdom, mm -hmm. the Delta variant... Uh, spiked as well. Okay. In cases spiked and mm -hmm. deaths spiked. In the same thing in India. And then what happened was the Delta variant COVID-19 collapsed mm -hmm. in England. And England's, what, two weeks ahead of us usually? <coughs> Some distance ahead right. of us, yeah. I, I think they might have been more like a month ahead of us on Delta, yeah. So this is the Deseret News. So what happened in the United Kingdom? Though this is from yesterday. Okay. Well, recent data suggests that new confirmed cases of COVID-19 in the European Union and the United Kingdom experienced a massive spike at the beginning of the Delta variant wave. However, soon after, cases dropped significantly due to high vaccinations and, it would appear, immunity gained from being infected. Mm -hmm. Indeed, the daily confirmed COVID-19 cases dropped by 50% in the past week alone. Similarly, new deaths from COVID-19 followed a similar pattern. Those numbers climbed because of the Delta variant and appeared to be flattening out. 
Right. And in much of the South, we're already seeing this. The R naught, which is the that measure of transmissibility, has already dropped below right. one again for most of the southern states. They're about to peak. The cases will go down. The deaths will go down again, and everybody will move on, and then right. it will go somewhere else. So this guy, an economist named Wojet Kupchuk, you know him? <laughs> no. He's got 11 uh, consonants in his name. There's no <laughs> vowels in his name. He's probably he of said, my people. He said, I don't know how anyone can look at the UK cases and deaths and think that um, there is any other scenario but going back to normal. What are we, What we are observing, and this is a great quote, mm-hmm. what we are observing is PTSD. But the reality that vaccines just work amazingly well will naturally take over. I think that's totally true. I agree. That's what it is. It's we're just damaged. We're seeing something that looks like something we saw before. Right. And, you know, and there are some people in the hospital and some people will tragically die during these waves. But we know now, because we've been through this for a year and a half, what doesn't do much to stop the waves from happening. And that's lockdowns and masks and distancing and all this other stuff. But, yeah. So... I mean, I just want people to have the presence of mind to not freak out every time we see the cases go back up. Now that we've seen this right. show now, they're going to go up. They're going to go down. The number of people now, you and I were talking this through like like the other day, talking through the math of this, saying like, right. so there 50% of the country So let me, let me read the rest yeah. of this because that speaks to where you're going with okay. this. It says, let's, so let's move to India. Not literally, but their spike. <laughs> I was like, wow. What happened in India where the Delta variant was originally discovered? Well, there was a second wave of coronavirus cases in India once Delta once the Delta variant emerged, causing hundreds of thousands of cases throughout the country. But cases declined significantly within a month or two. Daily cases were around 400,000 in May before dropping to about 40,000 in July. You can see from the charts yada, yada, that cases spike in the early spring before dropping significantly as we headed towards summer. The drop-off from the Delta spike was massive. Now, there are a number of reasons for the dip. Per the Washington Post, experts said this sharp decline was because Indians decided to stay home to avoid the virus. Uh-huh. Others suggest entire families were infected and hospitals were overwhelmed, so people did not leave their homes and thus did not infect people. <clears throat> Others attribute the fall-off to the virus exhausting itself, it infected everyone it could, according to the Washington Post, which I tend to think is probably... Accurate. Yes. The second wave from India is expected to hit the United States, experts told the Washington Post. In fact, you could argue we're in the middle of that spike right now. Mm-hmm. But if that holds true, then you could argue that the dip will be very real, too. Yeah, and our, our spikes are also more localized than in a lot of mm-hmm. parts of the world, in smaller countries. India is not a smaller country, clearly. But, uh, I mean, this Delta spike was... Um, highly concentrated in certain areas. Right. but So what it all means, still, there's mm-hmm. no question that the Delta variant doesn't have a sustained outbreak. From all this data, it's clear that the Delta variant comes in, transmits quickly between people, causes a huge spike, then drops off. That's been in the pattern in the UK and India, two regions in the world comparable to the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Israel saw this pattern too. It goes up, it goes down. And we've seen this pattern before with the other variants. Like I said, everything's a variant. They're all variants. Um... And, you know, we're seeing more people test positive with Delta who are vaccinated. But there's it's still the case that they're we're not 100 percent sure how transmissible they are when they're vaccinated. But it's clear that they're at least less transmissible, at least during a lot of the time when they test positive than 
um, than unvaccinated people. So it it only helps. As well as, you know who else has really good immunity against the Delta variant, according to several studies, like the Singapore one I mentioned before? Fats? <laughs> no. Uh, but people who have had COVID also right. have really Dr. good immunity Fauci's against, gonna argue with against you about that. Delta. So we know, and, and we know that, uh, I'm going to spitball a number here, like 40% of the country has now had COVID. So it's like if 50% of the country is vaccinated and another 40% of the remaining people, that's 20%. And it's probably even higher than that because the unvaccinated people are probably more likely to have had COVID than the vaccinated people. Then you're talking about 70% of the country now has some kind of immunity. There's only so many people the virus can spread to. Right. Right. And so you get certain parts of the country right now where unvaccinated people are hanging out indoors because it's scorching hot. Right. And um, and passing the virus to each other. Mm -hmm. Okay. The irony that the unvaccinated who sparked this surge never supported Mr. Biden in the first place is not lost on this White House. But as Mr. Biden is learning, whether he likes it or not, as COVID goes, so goes his presidency. So maybe he shouldn't have pinned his whole presidency on how he magically <clears throat> made the virus go away by his right. Sorry, Chuck Todd. Also, I'm sorry that those people brought the Delta variant over here. Oh, those Trump people with MAGA hats, you know, went to India, cooked up a new variant, and brought it over. I've seen people say that Ron DeSantis caused the Delta variant, unironically on Twitter. Oh yeah, totally. Even though it came from India. I didn't realize that Ron DeSantis was also and, in charge of India, but apparently he can cause variants to appear there. That's how much hold he has or, over the world. And, and by the way, before we're looking at DeSantis fans and saying that's absolutely who's who spread this. <laughs> and, 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 and as a matter of fact, um, it, another thing that, that, that Chuck Todd says. The irony that the unvaccinated who sparked this surge never supported Mr. Biden in the first place, is not lost. Uh, no. Biden won the South Carolina primary uh, because of black voters. Actually, he won the election and survived because of black voters. Who are like 28% vaccinated. Who are, yeah, who are, uh, CDC reports that race and ethnicity is known for 60% of the people who have received at least one dose of the vaccine. Among this group, nearly two-thirds were white. 10% were black. That's not a big percent, I don't think. Mm-mm. 16% were Hispanic. Yeah. So, and I think part of what's happening here, too, is like, remember when I was doing all that math and I said probably more of the unvaccinated people have already had COVID? Mm -hmm. I think um, that we know, because we were told it a lot of times by our friends in the media, that uh, COVID hit the black and Hispanic communities particularly hard, especially because a lot of them still had to go to work and couldn't work at home in their cushy marketing jobs or whatever. No, they had to deliver um, <laughs> groceries to white people from Wellesley with Black Lives Matter signs. So uh, so COVID hit them harder to start with. So probably a lot more people in minority communities already have immunity to, mm -hmm. uh, to the virus and may or may not need to actually be vaccinated. With cases spiking in 38 states and up in all 50. Listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. Just try to scare the hell out of you. The Delta variant. And remember, he said cases spiking. Uh -huh. Cases smashes. Cases don't matter. Right. Doesn't matter. 
You know, it doesn't matter if I have a case right now. You know, I don't feel it if I do. Is driving a surge of hospitalizations and deaths ripping through the southern United... Driving a surge of hospitalizations and deaths. I think I have the, the, uh, the U.S. data open right here. The weekly number is 206 right now, seven-day average. No, uh, is 206. That's, I guess that's the daily average. Seven-day average is 506. Now, back in May, so if the back in May twenty six, the seven day average was uh, the the deaths were nine hundred sixty six. Back in April 9th, the deaths were nine hundred forty six. Those are both numbers that are higher than the numbers right now. Mm-hmm. But but we weren't saying on May thirtieth that we're spiking. Yeah. Right. Spiking is reserved for um, you know political manipulation. United States. If Florida and Louisiana were countries and not states, they would be number one and two in the world for the incidence of COVID. Yeah, and a little while ago, India was number one for incidence of COVID, and then before that, Brazil was number one for incidence of COVID, and you then somewhere else. These are all the thing goes up and it goes down in different parts of the world. I don't. These are why my, are people these surprised? Are, by they're this? mad at you because <laughs> you, we were almost there, and it took us three days. We are admitting one COVID patient per forty-five minutes. We're back to square one. That's why I'm frustrated. 16 states have banned vaccine mandates in some form. Mm -hmm. Eight have banned mask mandates in schools as cases in children and teens are on the rise. Mm -hmm. On the rise. Could mean a lot of things. (laughs) I mean, we saw it on the rise last summer, too. uh, Well, Alice, there was one event last summer that caused this whole thing. This weekend, an estimated 700,000 are gathering in Sturgis, South Dakota, for a motorcycle rally, which became a super spreader event last year. The South Dakota Department of Health reported 124 cases among South Dakota residents who got sick after attending the rally. They attended the rally and at some point got sick. Mm-hmm. So we're deciding now, oh, that's absolutely the rally. That's mm-hmm. riding your motorcycle down Main Street in Sturgis uh, in the wind. It's like the Amy Coney Barrett um, super spreader event at right. the Rose Garden. We don't really know that that's what caused any of it, but we're just going to go with that because... The Associated Press reported that at least 290 people in 12 states have also tested positive. This is from last year. Positive since attending the rally. You see? That was it. That was that rally. Now, I do recall some other events happening last year outside um, that were very loud, close, intimate, many times unmasked. A lot of times featured um, uh, infernos behind reporters. Mm. Those we're not talking about. Those we're not talking about whatsoever. Lollapalooza was not brought up, and Obama's downsized but football stadium sized tent (laughs) bash was not brought up. Uh, Well, they did, for the help, honey, have branded masks. For the servants serving them the specialty cocktails, they wore masks that said that the event had a special logo that was 44 by 60, like 44x60. Get it? Because uh, no. President 44 was turning 60. Oh, I so see. So like 44x60, that's like the big event logo. So like no, all the no. napkins were like embossed with that and the cups and the, um, and, uh, and, you know, all the, they had special masks with it. But like most of the 
famous celebrities and people there weren't. So, like, the rumor is that they canceled people and then they reinvited a bunch of people, too. So, like, it, it was still... It was, was a huge mess. The it's tent sure, was is, bigger than their $12 million Oh, yeah. It was, it was the size of a football <laughs> field. I'm serious. This is um, from the New York Post. Celebrity guests have begun leaving former President Barack Obama's Martha's Vineyard scaled-down birthday bash, that's in quotes, creating a bleep show, S-H-I-T show, of traffic and congestion on the Rhode Island, on the resort island. Singer John Legend, wife model Creasy Teigen, rapper Takeoff were seen leaving the ex-president's 29-acre Oak Bluff seaside property just before midnight. Legend was heard performing for the crowd Saturday evening, and the MyGo's MC was also rumored to have taken the raised stage set, taken the raised stage, whatever. In in between musical acts, DJ a DJ was heard playing Ain't Nobody by Chaka Khan. A fleet of taxis were seen driving into the Obama residence to take party staff home, and a handful of SUVs, possibly containing stars, were also seen departing the shindig. A local Massachusetts police officer could be described could be heard describing the vehicle situation in the town of four thousand five hundred as a bleep show on his radio. Oh god, I gotta get that. So he had approximately like more than ten percent of the whole population of the island, at his, of a number of people at his party. How wonderful. <sighs> so let's get back to this COVID stuff a little bit here. Um, so, But wait, can I say one more sure, thing about the Obama party, which is that um, Nancy Pelosi was also on Martha's Vineyard, but apparently wasn't invited to the party. Really? Yeah. I don't believe that. She was on Martha's Vineyard and she didn't go to the party. Why would that be? How do you know? But that's what's been reported. I don't know. Look it up. I'm going to say she went. You think she went? They're saying she didn't go. She says she had other things to do on Martha's Vineyard, coincidentally, that day. Mm-hmm. But you know who shares a birthday with Obama? Uh, Pelosi? No. Meghan Markle. Oh. She's 20 years younger, though. Oh, did she go? Uh, I don't know if she went, but she had her own sort of birthday celebration. Okay. Which is that she's 20 years younger than him. She's turning 40. Mm-hmm. So for her birthday, she decided that she's going to take a more activist route for her 40th. And um, she's concerned about all the women who've left the workforce because of COVID. So she's asked 40 of her closest friends to donate. It's the Her also has an ex in the birthday gimmick, but it's 40 by 40 by 40. So for her 40th, she's asked 40 people to each donate 40 minutes of time to mentoring a woman who's trying to get back in the workforce. Now, these people don't appear to be like CEOs or like people who would know about getting back into the workforce. Um, She asked, the two I know of off the top of my head are Ibram Kendi. Oh, good. So he's going to donate 40 minutes of his time to counseling a woman who's left the workforce on how to get back in, which seems like something he I love must this. I love this. have a this lot is, of expertise in. This is the marketing version of the of Obama's 60th party. It's just it's it's elitists. It's glad handing. It's arrogant. Mm-hmm. It's it shows the this effete thought processes. 30, 40 by 40 by 40, you see. See, get it? 40 people, yes, 40 minutes, the, 40 the years old. Sloganeering is is grotesque. Yeah. Um, so, and then she also asked, they did like sort of a promotional video about it with Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. So, 
Melissa McCarthy is going to counsel a woman who's trying to get back in the workforce on how to do that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, she she was a comedian and she made it big. I mean, I understand now she's uh, super rich. I don't know. Melissa McCarthy's really good at acting, so I'm not. I'm going to give her a pass. I like her in movies. I do. Mm-hmm. I, the video with Meghan Markle wasn't funny that they put out. Oh, did they have one? I yeah, it was. Um, that's what I'm saying. It's a promotional video. Um, but did McCarthy take the weight off? No. Okay, good. No, she's the same. But this wasn't uh, very funny. Um, and you know, so. But I don't know. I think she's a good actress, but I don't know what she has to counsel women about who've left the workforce because no, they the, can't get childcare during the pandemic or whatever. What would any progressive celebrity do if they couldn't lecture to us and talk, <laughs> and talk down to us? I mean, they've been singing to us for the last year since we've been locked down. Mm-hmm. They've showed us, like, oh, this is how we're handling the pandemic. Oprah with her, like, $80 million kitchen showed. So, well, I'm just going to sit here and toss some pasta with a... You know, shrimp scampi and, you know. But that's what I'm saying. What could they possibly tell somebody who, like, can't send their kid to childcare anymore because the place had to scale back because they have limits because of the pandemic or whatever? That they're racist? I mean, like, how can they, what are they going to tell them about how to get back into the workforce? The precious aura of our betters should be enough to... So 40 minutes of Ibram Kendi's time is going to make a difference for getting this woman back in the workforce, whatever woman this is. You know, she could just spend that time asking him four times what racism is (laughs) and see if he can get into a never-ending loop. Um, All right. So let's see. Just a little bit more Fauci. I don't want to ruin. Oh, here's Fauci in in the Sturgis thing. No, this is just Fauci saying what what we think. The time has come is we've got to go the extra step to get people vaccinated. You want to persuade them, that's good. And I believe that some people on their own, once it gets approved as a full approval, will go ahead and get vaccinated. But for those who do not want, I believe mandates at the local level need to be done. Yeah, that's right. Mandates need to be done. And our our ever-shrinking pandemic, that's not a pandemic anymore, Mandy's as will really need to be done. You're seeing breaking news. Uh, a lot of you guys are probably listening to this Monday. It's Sunday night for us. That Randy Weingarten has said that she's going to do mask mandates. She did not say that. It's been breaking news. Uh, being reported as breaking news. She did not say that. This is her talking about mask mandates for teachers. She can say she'd love them to get man to get uh, to get um, to get vaccinated all. Mm-hmm. Left and right. She can say that she's even thinking that mass mandates, it's time to really have those discussions. But she did not say we are mandating that teachers get vaccinated. I think that on a personal matter, as a matter of personal conscience, I think that we need to be working with our employers, not opposing them on vaccine mandates. And working with our employers, we're going to be working with them. That just so, means union negotiations. You know, and and right. all their vaccine policies. And so I said last week that I wanted to bring my leadership together. And we are this week to, you know, revisit and to reconsider our policy that we passed in October about voluntary. So this week we're revisiting mm-hmm. and we're going to reconsider. That is not a commitment. She did. Chuck Todd act is acted as as if breaking news had happened there. That's not good enough. That, that the best way to do this was to do it volitionally. Now, let me just say, my members have stepped up. Ninety percent of the teacher members have actually gotten the vaccine. 
Um, but I do think that the circumstances have changed and that vaccination. By the way, I'd, how is that proven exactly? Mm, yeah, I don't think that's Do you think true. she made her members give over medical information? No way. Vaccination is a community responsibility, and it weighs really heavily on me that kids under yeah. 12 can't get vaccinated. And so that's so, you know, I, that's I, I very rarely, you know, separate my personal views from, you know, where I am as a leader of the union. But I have really watched, particularly in Florida and Missouri. I was in St. Louis yesterday. We I get was, it. Okay. All right. So then this answering this question from Chuck Todd should be easy for her. Should there be an elementary school teacher in America that's allowed to teach children in class that isn't vaccinated? Should be really quick. Absolutely not. No, they must be vaccinated. Yeah, it weighs right? heavily on her that tw- yes. children under 12 can't be vaccinated. Right. So should there be a single one who's not vaccinated? Teachers union president? Should there be an elementary school teacher in America that's allowed to teach children in class that isn't vaccinated? Well, look, there are significant religious objections and exemptions and significant medical objections and exemptions. And, you know, as someone who's married to a rabbi, I want to be very careful that we have to honor those religious exemptions. Um, But, you know, there's ways of which you can do accommodations in all sorts of different ways, which is part of the reason you have to work together on these um, on these vaccine policies, which means so, no. this, right? <laughs> Teachers will not be vaccinated. That's what you're hearing. The um, Secretary of Education, uh, Miguel Cardona, um, was asked. He is Secretary of Education, right? Sounds right. I believe you. Let me look it up. Where is he? Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. Yes. Uh, okay. He is. Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona. He's a guy who it seems to me could pretty easily get mass mandates to be a thing. Vaccine well, mandates. Vaccine mandates. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Um, so I'm glad you mentioned that because I was about to hit the wrong thing. Okay. So will we get those? One of the ways that parents can feel comfortable is increasing the vaccination rates, as you mentioned, particularly with uh, teachers. Um, what is your position on teachers' mandatory vaccination among teachers uh, in schools? Sure. Well, we're promoting the week of action where we're really getting the message across the country to get vaccinated when you're eligible. We're having pop-up clinics in schools. And uh, just tomorrow, I'm going to be in uh, Kansas with the second gentleman promoting some of the vaccine efforts underway there. And for the educators, I feel strongly that if you're eligible to get vaccinated, get vaccinated. Do your part to make sure that we're all safe and that we can reopen schools without interruptions. Again, our students have suffered enough. It's time for all of us to do our part to keep our students and staff safe. Students need to be in the classrooms. That's where they learn best. Yeah, I feel strongly that educators should should want to get vaccinated. But that wasn't the question. One of the ways that parents can feel comfortable is increasing the vaccination rates, as you mentioned, particularly with uh, teachers. Um, what is your position on teachers' mandatory vaccination among teachers uh, in schools? And as you heard, he dodged the question. So in other words, his position is no mandatory um, vaccinations for teachers. That's what we're. That's the news. That's the real news. But the uh, the the fake stuff is being out of thin air, just grabbed, and 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 there's nothing to it. So not only do you have to scrutinize the actual news, what happens in these actual interviews, then things that people like the New York Times will grab these interviews and write fake stories about them, which is what right. we're getting right now. The teachers are not going to be vaccinated. 
Right. It's the same as what you were saying about the headline about the girl being airlifted because there was no room in the COVID ward. Right. And it turns out that hospital just doesn't have a pediatric ward for that. So right. she had to be airlifted. I mean, it, they just write an insane headline that has nothing to do with what the actual story is and hope that people don't uh, actually click through and look at what's going on. It's the same thing that they accuse, uh, you know, the quote unquote fake news publications of doing of being clickbait of saying you know wild headlines that aren't really true and then not backing it up in the story that's all they do that's how they survive now absolutely Thank you so much, everybody. You can head over to Patreon and uh, sign up there if you want to get at another little extra segment of the show that we're going to do over there. Um, other than that, you can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast. We're also at Burn Barrel Podcast.com and on Gab and on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube, Tom Shaddock's Burn Barrel on there or Burn Barrel Podcast at gmail.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.